Hello. <coughs> Everybody. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> you just couldn't let me do that, could you? I was going to hold it for as long as I could. Yeah. Overachiever, you. Welcome to the Bookish Impulses Podcast. I am Kenny. I'm Yasinia. Let's dive on into the episode. Hey, everybody. Hello. We're back. We are back. Guess what? What? What happened? I actually read Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. What? What? <laughs> it only took me six years to get it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I read it. And you guys are going to get the first reaction to it because she still really hasn't told me how she felt about the book. <laughs> I asked her and she didn't tell me. She just said, it was good. And that was it. So <laughs> I'm going to get the reaction right now with you guys. Well, you know what? I really hadn't like picked it up. Like Even when you told me, like, oh, you need to read it. I was like, yeah, okay. But it was because for some reason I kept on thinking that... Um, Steinbeck was like one of those like really old writers from like way back when because I think Steinbeck and it is like he's you know something that an author that teachers make you read and like to me it sounds like it's classics and stuff and it's like well he's, he's classic but well yeah he is and to me, it makes me think, like, oh, classics. Oh, it's super old then. Like, I don't know. I guess that's my thinking. And so I was like, uh, it's probably going to be, like, um, Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comparing Steinbeck to Hemingway. Well, and I guess I can't complain or I can't complain or say anything about, about Hemingway because I don't even think I've read anything about Hemingway. Well, I Bye. Have. Hemingway, I should say. I have. We ain't gonna put up mice and men in anything <laughs> Hemingway related. I don't know. I'm I'm that kind of reader that doesn't really care for the super prosy, long winded, super fancy writing. Me doth doth hath protests too much. <laughs> wow, it's too much. And the, like the the authors from way back when. Like, I know what you're talking about. It's the ones who would write with the the big words just to sound like, I am a writer. Right. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Right. Um, yeah, so, to me, it was like, I really don't want to read it. Because that's what I thought I was going to get into if I, you know, if I actually picked it up. Um, but I actually decided to start reading it. Because I was like, it would be a something good to you know be able to talk about that we both have read and it was it's not long it's a little short so I was like well it's doable and I read it in one one day like one sitting so we were good <laughs> and yes and yes it was good 
Um, yeah. But uh, when See, that's was... basically what I got. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> when... Since he's not, like, super old, when was he? He was born, in, about... he was born in 1902. Mm-hmm. And he died in 1968. Okay. Our parents were already in the world. Right. <laughs> and our parents aren't old. So... <laughs> My mom was eight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Both of our parents were. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not super old, like I thought. I was wrong. You were wrong. That's you were right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to tell you, because you know, I, I like I, I do like some of the classic works, but a lot of times, a lot of that stuff just goes over my head like a plank. <laughs> like, it, it just does. But... You know me. I gravitate more towards the towards the modern work than the classic stuff. Like I like Dickens, but outside of Dickens, it's kind of hard to get me to read something from way back when. Right. Um, and there were like a few things that I was like, I was reading it, and I was like, "What is that? I don't know what that means." <laughs> but um, it was it was good. I mean. Uh, Kenny asked me if I would, I cried when I was reading it. I was like, no, I didn't cry. I mean, it was sad. Um, but I didn't cry because I, he kind of had hinted before at, as to like what was going to happen. It was before I knew she didn't read it. Yeah. (laughs) So... I knew what was coming up, and so it didn't hit me. I just, it was just like a sense of dread since I started, even when I started reading it. Yeah, it was this whole sense of dread. Well, you can feel it coming. You can, because you start seeing the signs early on. Right. Um, and it's it's pretty sad. Um, but it was a good story. Like, for it to have that depth and that like emotion and you get to know the character so well the main characters um in such a short little book mm-hmm. like it's, it's, a a no- novella. it's a novella um it's pretty it's pretty amazing because um, most novellas I find are like, like too short. Like you can't get the whole. At least from the ones I've read, I don't. I don't remember any off the top of my head because Keepers the Bond. It was so long ago. <laughs> I remember you reading that one, that particular novella. Yeah. You said it was. You said the story wasn't able to be flushed out. It was a little too short. Cause yeah. No character it, development. It feels rushed when sometimes. Yeah. Things generally do in a novella. Right. Um, not too many people can get the art of a novella down just right. Like, I can't. I can't. I, I'm, I'm admitting it here on, <laughs> on tape. All right? I know I just took you back to 1990, but I'm admitting it on tape <laughs> today. I can't get the novella art form down packed. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. Steinbeck, though, of Mice and Men, that story feels like a novel. 
It does. Um, I mean, I still would like to know what happens to George afterwards, but it's kind of hinted at what his future looks like. Like, it's inevitable. Um, yeah. But it was, like I said, it's really good. Um, you get, I don't know, you get like the whole story, the whole picture, even though it's so short. And. Right. There's a beginning, middle, and end, and all the things in between. <laughs> right. And I felt so bad, like, um, reading it, because, like, Poor Lenny, he's like, he's an innocent. He doesn't know. He d- he can't control himself. And, you know, and then he's thrown into this situation where he has no control over what's going on. Like, I mean, obviously George and Lenny have to work. They need to find, jo- you know, jobs to survive. And so... George also, like, doesn't understand the full length of what Lenny's going through. Especially during those times. And so he's trying his best to help him out when he really doesn't have to. When he should could just be like, well, I don't care about you. I don't care what your aunt told me, made me promise. Like, you could just go fend for yourself. I could have a fine-ass time with me. Right. With my uh, myself, life would have been so much easier had he just chose that route. Right, and he didn't because, <clears throat> you know, he loved Lenny. Like you could tell. Like even though he got frustrated with him and stuff, he still was there to help him. To like the only one who, like, I don't know. What I'm trying to say. The only one who put up with him. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, who tried to kind of understand him. to Who didn't push him away. Or just, you know. I mean, back then, you could think about when the story was written. It was like the 1930s. And back then, it was like, if you had a, you know, a mental disability, people didn't want to understand it. Right. They just thought you were broken, and they tossed you to the side. Mm-hmm. Like, if the wilderness takes you, it takes you. That's right. Pretty much how that was going back then. So, for even for even Steinbeck to write the story in the first place, and make it so it's sympathetic towards somebody with a mental disability, is huge. It is. It's. it's I don't know. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because this story would still be excellent today. Like... Right. My opinion. It, it's... Yeah. It's up there, for sure. Yeah. There are quite a few authors out there who were ahead of their time. Um, Steinbeck. Twain. Samuel Clements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Especially, like, George, like, you know, how in the beginning they're, like, running away from the place they used to be in. Like, he could have just left him. 
George could have just left him and took off. A lot of people would have. Right. But no, he was like sticking, you know, sticking his neck out for Lenny. Just to make sure he was safe and stuff. And... Then there's no telling. Like, George... Like, you could really tell he cared about him. Um, because if you really think about it, there's no telling what Lenny would have done if George abandoned him and right. just left him. Like, there's no telling what he would have done. It would have it been terrible. Exactly. And then, not just that, but, you know, even, like, he wouldn't have been in the wrong if he would have been like, well, Lenny can get violent, so why am I sticking with him? What if he becomes violent towards me? Like, you know, he never knew if Lenny could have done something to him, too. Right. Yeah. Very well could have. Exactly. Um, but yeah. And then as soon as, like, the story starts, you know, how they're, um, they go into the ranch to get their jobs or whatever, and, and who is it, Candy? Yeah, Candy is explaining to him, like, about Curly and his wife, um, that whole situation, and, and then... You know, George is like, oh, no, this is going to be a problem. She's going to be a problem. And and then um, she actually shows up, and she's supposedly looking for Curly. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Um, Flirting with everybody. Right. And she's also, like, staring at Lenny, too. And it's like, are you serious? Um. And then once she leaves, like, Candy, George, they have a conversation about how this is going to be a problem. And poor Lenny is, like, like, he, like, gets into a moment where he's like, George, let's go. I don't like this. It's going to be bad. I don't like this place. It's a bad place. And to me, it was like... Poor Lenny, he knows. He had a moment of clarity where he's like, this isn't safe for me. I want to leave. But they can't because they need the job. Right. And so... Gotta work towards the dream. Right. And because that's what they're trying to do, working towards them being comfortable and Lenny not... Well, George not having to worry about Lenny getting into more trouble. And so they want to have their little piece of heaven together. And so they they George feels like he has to risk it. Like maybe he can protect <clears throat> Lenny a bit longer until they get their money. Fun fact. Um before you keep going. Mm-hmm. Curly's wife uh-huh. was like she was never given a name. No, she wasn't. But the reason for it was because she was never meant to be like like a person, if that makes sense. She was she was always meant to mean something, but she was never meant to be a person, like not a person that you actually cared about. Mm-hmm. She was always meant to be the symbol for trouble. 
So when Lenny started saying, I don't like this place and all that, it's because he felt that presence because of Curly's wife. Curly's wife was the trouble. Right. So when she entered the picture, it was like, oh, God, everything is mm-hmm. terrible because she's trouble. Right. Which is why she didn't have a name. Basically, her name was Trouble. Mm-hmm. Like Temptation, Trouble. Right. And, and that was what Steinbeck said. Like, oh, she was okay. a she was Trouble. That's who she was. Mm-hmm. So that's why she didn't have a name. Oh, like, it's, okay. this story runs deep. Right. Like, I never understood, like, when I was reading, I was like, why doesn't, why isn't there a name for her? And... What I kept on calling her was just the tart. <laughs> because it, it popped up in the book. Like, that's what they called her <laughs> at one point. A tart. So, I, whenever I would mention her to you, I was like, that tart. And the I would... first time you said it, I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And I was upset, too. <laughs> Because I was like, she should leave Lenny alone. Like, oh my goodness. And then poor Lenny didn't even understand, like, his own, like, strength. Like, he wanted to have, you know, these little animals to hold and play with. And he just didn't understand that because he was so strong, he was just killing them. Right. He always wanted the most, like, the most fragile... And innocent. And fluffy and innocent animals. Right. And then he was just like, crack. And it was, ah. It was, ah. Yeah, it was heartbreaking because then, like, he felt guilty. And he felt like he had to, especially with that puppy, because he felt like, um, like he was going to be in trouble. Like, George was going to take... Everything away from him, which were his bunnies that he wanted so bad. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was thinking, like, oh, Lenny, you can't have the bunnies. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to kill them. And I was like, oh, no. See? And you weren't crying? I wasn't crying. Doggone it. But, um. I was a teenager reading this book and I cried. <laughs> Yeah, I was, the whole time I was like, you can't have the bunnies, dude. And it was like kind of crushing me inside because I'm like, now I feel like I'm the one taking away the bunnies because I know that he can't have them because he's going to kill them. You sure feel guilty. You were taking the bunnies. <laughs> but it's like, and then inside me I still knew. I was like, he's still not going to get the bunnies anyway. Right, because you just felt it. Right. I mean, I when the first I remember the first time I read it, and I remember because I was like what fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. We read it. I was thirteen because I read it in eighth grade mm-hmm. in uh, accelerated English class because uh, we were like reading I think tenth grade materials mm-hmm. in that eighth grade class, and <laughs> I remember thinking about that myself. Like he's killing all the animals though. He can't have the bunnies. If he gets the bunnies, he's just going to kill the bunnies. And I was like, and what happens when he gets his own bunnies and he kills them? I'm like, that's that's going to be damaging. Like, he can't he can't right. do that. That's, that's going to be terrible. But then I was like, me and my 13-year-old brain, I'm trying to figure out how can he have these bunnies 
because I want him to have these bunnies. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe George could tell him, you can't touch them, but you can still have them. You can go outside and watch them and feed them, but you can't pick them up mm-hmm. because you might hurt them. You can't pick them up. But then I was like, but that's still heartbreaking because he wants to pet the bunnies. Right. And then it's sad because then with the puppy, like, George tells him, stop touching the puppies. You're going to hurt them. You're not supposed to touch the puppies. And yet he still goes and touches the puppies. Right, he's still going to hurt them. Because he's, his... He can't help it. He can't help it. He's He's like a small child. (sighs) And so, like, I don't know. It was... Yeah, it was tough. Um... I do remember having to, like, stop and do something else for a little bit and then coming back to the book. You cheated. (laughs) I didn't cheat. You cheated. You were supposed to feel all the feels. Whatever. You were supposed to let the streams flow. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And... But, yeah, it it was... It was rough. But this dude with the Napoleon complex... Curly. Curly. His little self. <laughs> with his Vaseline. Like, yeah. I, ooh. Even as a 13-year-old kid, I was like, I'll fight this guy. Right. I did not like him. He just reminded me of all the people I didn't like in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to fight him so bad. I was, whenever he would pop up, I was like, leave Lenny alone. Stop being a bully. Just leave him alone. He's not doing nothing to you. Oh, just like... You, like, you think you're so big and bad. Why? Because your dad's the owner of the place? Like... Right. Stop it. And because you're going around beating up the... The weak ones? As a former semi-professional boxer? Like, <laughs> 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 you try to... Try to swing at Lenny and look what happens. <laughs> like, get out of here. Right. What are you doing? Stop it. God, I hated him. I hated him so much. Yeah. I did too. Um. Most of the characters, though, you just feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, they're in, because it's like they're in bad situations. Like, yeah, it's like purgatory. You can't see... A good future for any of them. Any of them at all. And it's really sad because it's like they're all different. They're all they all come from like, you know, different situations, but they're all the same. Because they're all going towards the same ending pretty much. Cause you see yeah. candy and it's like all of them are going to end up in Candy's situation at one point. Pretty much. And they're all going to end up in the situation of the dog. Candy's dog. Crook's already close. Yeah. For like... Lenny was always on eggshells the entire time. He was always on thin ice. Because they were already watching him. Right. And George was right there because he was Lenny's... You know, his, what do you call him? Guardian? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And Curly's wife was asking for it. <laughs> like, 
She just was. Right, she was. Yeah. And Curly was asking for it because he was always trying to run up on people. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't have minded if something would have happened to him. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. okay, whoa. <laughs> it's true. He was like, like Curly and his wife were the least favorite characters in that book. Oh, by far. Yeah. They were of just... course, then of course you throw Carlson in there. Yeah, yeah, because he was also like part of the. Let's go on a manhunt. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, you're probably right, because I think I even remember feeling like something needs to happen to somebody, because I'm getting tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I just... It's just a... It's, it, it's just a deep story. Like, there are a bunch of stories in the story. There are. Like, because it makes you wonder, what's this person's life? What's this person's life? What's this person's life? Like, what's the situation? What's this? What is this person? Why is this person here? Like, what is this person trying to achieve with their life? Like, it, it brings up questions, but at the same time, it's like, it adds depth to the story. Because mm-hmm. then you see, like, all these different personalities coming into play, and it's just a mess. It's people who need the work. That's all it is. They need the work. They don't have a choice but to do what they're doing. But their personalities don't mesh at all. (laughs) Exactly. And because, like, like Slim, he understood pretty much how deep um, George and Lenny's relationship was, their friendship. And he was sympathetic towards George at the end. And it's like... He was was a good dude. Right. It's like, how are you working, you know, in the ranch and all that with all these jerks and then... But you're so, like, accepting and you sympathize and then... Right. You understand. He's that balance. Right. Which was why he was the authority figure, because it was like his personality just was attractive to like what people needed. Mm-hmm. Like everybody needed that one person to be like, that guy knows his stuff. He's a good guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes you think of a lot of things. Like, when I was reading, I was thinking about, like, man, life was super rough back then. Right. Like, they had to do all this stuff, you know? Like, they really didn't have a future, like. It put things in perspective. <laughs> right. And I feel like that's why they make kids read it in school. Because 
it lets you see like, look at what you have, mm-hmm. and then look at how it was back then. Like yeah, the story's fiction, for the most part, but that's how it was. Yeah. Like you can't deny that's how that's how it was. So like read a story like that and then see like it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. And then even um even Curly's wife, like she didn't have like even if she hadn't been that promiscuous girl. Jezebel Hussey. <laughs> yeah, if she hadn't been like that, her whole future was to get married, have kids, and listen to her husband. Like, Who was this bona fide jerk? Right. It's like, that is just sad. Like, really? That, that's all you're meant to do? Get married, have kids, and listen to that jerk over there? Early 1900s. Like, jeez. Sad. You know, I'm not making an excuse for her, but that's all she... (laughs) She was entertaining herself by pretty much running away from Curly every moment and (laughs) Flirting with the other dudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is basically what she was doing. She was probably just tired of Napoleon. She's <laughs> like, man, I can't do this. You always got your hand tucked in your shirt. You know, walking around talking about sacred blue. We can't, we can't do this, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> Let me go see what these other people are doing. Right. Let me go holler at Lenny. Pretty much. Like, what are you... Uh, yeah. And then... The sad, like, when it all happened, she was just talking. She was just trying to have a conversation. Which she, you know, first she was trying to flirt, and then when she realized that Lenny was just not interested, he was just like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> she actually started being nice. Yeah. So. She was just talking to him, and she even said, like, wow, I can have a conversation with you, and it doesn't matter because you're not really paying attention. You won't remember what I'm saying, and I can actually talk to someone. So she was lonely. I mean... She should have been more careful, of course, but... I mean, what happened to her was 100% her fault. Yeah. If we're going to be honest here. But, you know. And then, but again, back then, you didn't really... They didn't really understand. Right. Like, what was going on with Lenny, and she didn't know. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say this on on tape right now. <laughs> the reason why I ha- I'm gonna say this is because I feel like you were the last person in the world to read this book. I think we can talk <laughs> about what happens. 
<laughs> I don't think we have to take details away. I think we can we can say what happens in the book because everybody's read of Mice and Men. Yeah, I'm the only one who hasn't. <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know anybody else who hasn't read that book. Uh, well, you don't know many people who read in either way. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, who hasn't read it or at least seen the old movie? There's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually starring a pretty good actor. I, f- I forget his name, but yeah. We might have to watch it. Um, yeah. Well, they're in. There's like all the guys are betting betting on something horses or something. I don't know what it is. I don't remember. They're betting on something, and so no one's paying attention because they're over there busy betting on whatever is going on. And so, um, she finds Lenny in the barn with the puppies, and he's all upset because the his puppy is dead because he was a bit too rough with it. Um, and so she come goes up to him and she's like trying to flare with him, but he's not paying her any attention because he's so tore up about the puppy. And then. Well, she starts talking, and and she realizes that he she can say whatever she wants because he doesn't really care about her conversation, right? And he won't remember. So he's just she's just happy that she can talk to someone. And then she mentions how her hair is so fluffy, right? And she's being a little too nice at this point, right? Because he he says how he loves fluffy things. And so she lets him touch her hair. But he doesn't let go. Panic sets in. As it would for most people. Right. She starts struggling, yelling, and... He doesn't... He wants to quiet her because... He doesn't want to get in trouble because he wants his bunnies. And he says if George finds out and he gets in trouble again, he won't get his bunnies. No bunnies. Yeah. And yes. That's when things happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think that at that point in the story, um, when I originally read it, I've read the book probably four or five times in my life, but when I originally read it, I think when that happened, I was like, I knew, I knew it. Like the end of the book, I, I knew it mm-hmm. at that point. It was just like, it's inevitable. And that's when... Everything in me started going, <laughs> why don't you do this? I can't do that. I started feeling all the all the emotions. Yeah. I was just like, ah, ah, why? Right, like the world just came crashing down. And there was also the moment when I realized that Steinbeck is a dead gum genius. <laughs> it's like, if you can make a 13-year-old boy who... Is sitting in the classroom with like ten other people. Thirteen years old. <laughs> he trying to act hard, but he can't. <laughs> if you can do that to him, then you a good writer, man. Right. Um, 
You got At it. Any, you did, got the juice. Did anyone else cry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else. Teacher included. And she had read the book a billion times. <laughs> read the book every year. We all cried in that room that day. Because yeah. we finished the book, I think, in like two days. And mm-hmm. all of us. All of us. All 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Kleenex then, is for everybody. And then at that point, you start feeling like... Like, it wasn't Lenny's fault. It wasn't her fault. Like, it was just, like, inevitable. Right. It, it was, was just... It was a good moment. And it just... Ah. Right. Man, and that was like the hardest part about it is the fact that the moment was so good prior to that. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, ah, he's getting another friend. Everybody's feeling good for Lenny. And then, ah. And she's actually getting, like, to talk. Like, she's not even being, like, rude and, and, you know, promiscuous. Because she was kind of mean to everybody else. Right. Like, she had her moments. She definitely was kind of racist. Right. She was just... Which, you know, early 1900s. Right, exactly. And, um... And so it was like, ah! Like, it wasn't really her fault. You know. She was just being nice at that point. And she didn't know, like... You know, the backstory, like, what had happened before. She didn't know any of that. Did you think you were going to learn her name at that point? During that conversation? I thought so. I did, too. I thought I, I thought that her name was going to come up. Like, she was going to tell him her yeah. name. I know. That was even on the test afterwards. What really? Was Curly's wife's name. We were all like, woman ain't got no name. <laughs> we we just read you know she ain't have a name don't ask us that we in this English class and you talking about what was her name and it's something we discussed like two days in a row <laughs> and she ain't got no name if she had a name we would all be mad at that name right <laughs> <laughs> but instead we just mad at Curly's wife mm-hmm. oh man it's like did he, like, he must, like, I don't know. It's like, it's not her fault, but you still feel like you need to put the blame on someone. It's her fault. <laughs> Absolutely. And she just been focused more on loving herself <laughs> instead of walking around here trying to get everybody. We wouldn't have had the problem. Mm-hmm. All right. He still, Lenny still would have been killing pets. And everything would have been cool. I mean, that's not cool, but you get what right. I'm saying. You get what I'm saying, though. When when George told him he could get a puppy, I was like, no, George. No, George was doing the right thing. He had to tell him what he had to tell him. It was just sad. <laughs> it was just sad. It was sad. You didn't <laughs> let yourself feel the feels. Had to go do something else. She went to go clean up probably to get frustrated doing something else. (laughs) So she could replace the sadness with anger or something. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Angrily flossing. Right. (laughs) If you guys haven't watched that movie, it was funny. (laughs) 
what was it? The one with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston? Yes, I remember. Where they're where they're they're married and it's like I can't remember the name of it. We just watched it. Well, it was like a month or so ago, but we just watched it. They're like, is it a boat? It was, yeah, it was a cruise. No, a yacht. It, no, was, a, it yacht. was a yacht. It was a yacht. And Rich there's like yacht. a yeah, murder. Murder mystery, wasn't it? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she's like she loves to read mystery books, and then she ends up in a mystery, murder mystery thing. So. <laughs> This is a good movie. It was a good movie. Surprisingly, because we weren't ready. We weren't even thinking about that movie. We no. just stumbled across it. Yeah, Netflix, I think. So, you guys, it's a good movie. It's funny. Um, I know some people don't like uh, Adam Sandler, so maybe you don't won't like it. But but he's not typical Adam Sandler in that movie, though. No, he's not. He's like a dorky... He's a cop. He's playing a cop in that movie, too. Yeah, but he's like dorky and... I mean, yeah, he's still Santa, <laughs> but, he, but he's not just the usual. You get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was a good book, a story. So, do you remember before we started the episode, I brought up the young ranch hand named Wit? Uh huh. And I said he's just a ranch hand. He he really play a part in the story. Uh huh. I feel like personally, Wit. Was Steinbeck. Huh. Because I told you that Lenny is a real person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot to tell you guys that Lenny's a real <laughs> Lenny's a real person. Steinbeck was writing about a real guy named Lenny. Um, George, he didn't mention. I'm assuming the pal was George in the real in real life. Mm-hmm. But Lenny. I'll give you guys a little thing from his interview with the New York Times. Lenny was a real person. He was mentally disabled. Um, But he did not kill anybody's wife. He killed a ranch foreman. So basically the boss. Um, And now he's, well, not now. I'm pretty sure he's not alive anymore. But he ended up in an insane asylum. Is what they called it back then. I guess they would call it a mental health facility now. But that's where he... It wouldn't really be that. (laughs) What would they call it now? Well, I mean, I guess they would call it that, but, I mean, you know, back then... Well, yeah, back then they were being mistreated big time. And it was... Yeah, they didn't care back then. They just wanted to get him out of public. Right. But he basically... Yeah, he killed a ranch foreman... With a pitchfork. He stabbed him several times with it. After the <clears throat> after the ranch foreman fired his friend. So his friend was most likely where the inspiration for George came from. And Steinbeck was working on the farm with Lenny. So that young ranch hand who didn't have a purpose but had a name was most likely Steinbeck. Probably. Because even Curly's wife didn't get a name. Mm-hmm. And she played a part, a huge part. Right. Whereas Steinbeck, you know, he was just kind of like fly on the wall there. He was doing his job, but he was watching this all happen. Right. And Wit was kind of like a... Background, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
like a fly on the wall. Right. Yeah. Thought I'd throw that in there. Hmm. Quite interesting. Yeah. Loosely based on real events. Which, had I known that back then, I think I still would have cried. I would have cried harder. I'm like, oh, that means Liddy was real. It was real. Like, yeah. I would have been <laughs> breaking down. Like, man. Ah. Yeah. Well, since we have this book, um, the short novel of John Steinbeck, it has Tortilla Flat, The Moon Is Down, The Red Pony, Cannery Row, and The Pearl. Along with Of Mice and Men. We might have to read another one. We may have to read another one. Right. We'll have an episode out. Discover further the genius of Steinbeck. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And. It's been a pretty slow like. Summer for me reading wise she been slacking yeah i have been we've been going on really long walks though <laughs> facts but um i've been reading for i don't know how long the uh three dark crown series i'm on two dark reigns it's by Kendare blake hopefully that's how it's pronounced um but yeah I mean, I like the series, but sometimes I have to take, like, a breather and go read something else or do something else. And then start up on on it again. Um, and I am listening to The Raven Boys by Maggie's Steve Vader. That's what we're going with on that name. Sure. <laughs> yes. I know it's the it's the Raven Boy series. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have read it. Uh, I'm late to the party again, but um, yeah, it's another like YA book, and you know me in YA. Y'all hear her say she late to the party again? Of mice and men been out since the 1930s. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm always late to the party, okay? Because the Three Dark Crown series, I'm late to that party, too. But you know what? At least you get to the party. True. Better late than ever, right? I'm still on my way to it. <laughs> I, I'm still looking for my, my suit blazer in the closet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything you're reading? Uh, nonfiction. Uh... 30 Days to Social Media Success. Oh, I also have the, what, starting the... The Etsy business? Starting an Etsy business. It's... For dummies. For dummies. I'm not a dummy. My wife is not a dummy, all right? (laughs) Let's just put it out there. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm reading that one, too. I forgot. It's like my before bed reading. Yeah, because we're, you know, we're trying to expand here, you know? Because impulses, we want it to be an empire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't think I have anything else. Do you? Uh, for fiction, I'm I've picked thinner back up. 
that's where I am. Okay. Yeah, I picked it back up <laughs> because I posted on Litzy a while back. Okay, here we no, go. No, here we go. I posted on Litzy last week about, um, I was asking just, you know, whoever wanted to answer which books I should read because I started like three of them and didn't finish them. It was Fear the Sky, it was Thinner, and then I can't remember the other book. Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse-Five. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Started all three of them, didn't finish them because I was in school and I was reading a whole bunch of stuff already. So I just stopped reading altogether for like two months. And He's done with school. woo He's getting his degree, his master's degree, whenever it comes in the mail. September 1st. September 1st. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then I realized something. Mm. I already finished Fear the Sky. <laughs> I was nice. supposed to be on the second one. I finished Fear the Sky already. Oh, good. Um, That's a good series. So, I liked it. Yeah, the first book was good. So now I'm on Thinner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish Thinner, and then I'm going to move on to Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay. And then I'll probably bring it back around to Fear with the whatever comes after Fear the Sky. Uh, I don't know. Is it Fear the Survivors or something? Something like that? Might be. I'm going in that series. Because, you know, R.C. Bray is the man. Right. Um, He's the narrator, by the way. Not the author. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the author's name. Uh-huh. It's bogus of me. Yeah. But it's Fear the Sky. It's still his book. You know, it's still... We'll put it out there in the universe. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm on. Nice. And I'm going to start writing again. Yay. My own book. (laughs) The Joy. That's what I got. Okay, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) I think we're done for tonight. Oh, yeah. We had a pretty good uh, lengthy episode there. She finally read of Mice and Men. Now I don't get to talk about it anymore. When we own episode, I don't get to say, you haven't read it yet. Now I got to read everything she tells me to read. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, I think we're done. I think we're done. Follow us on the Twitters at Bookish Impulses. And follow us on Litzy at Bookish Impulses. And remember, keep calm and read on.